Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Vegan Food and Living's Simply Vegan podcast with me, Holly Johnson, and my co-host, Gabriella Clark. With a new episode live every Tuesday, we discuss the latest vegan news, taste test the newest vegan products, and chat to some of the leading names in veganism. everyone welcome to our no meat may special part three uh we hope that you've been finding all our tips and ideas and our question answering really useful this month and hopefully even if you're not new to veganism you will be picking up some um, inspiration for recipes and things like that um keep the questions coming we've had a few more in this week which has been great and don't forget to um like and subscribe and Follow us on Instagram at Simply Vegan Podcast and at Vegan Food and Living. Um, we'd yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So let's dive in. We had a not really a question, but a comment from Anthony Roper um, on email. He said that he listened to the podcast about um, when we we were discussing um, the fact that my dad had kind of laughed at me for being vegan and kind of poked a bit of fun at me um <laughs> and he just wanted to say that he's a father and a grandfather and he would never laugh at anyone for being vegan he wishes he'd switch sooner and wish there were more vegans in his family um he says he admits he originally came to eating plant-based for health reasons but as time went on and he found out more about factory farming uh, both land and sea animals um the more he didn't want to have anything to do with um, eating anything that came from animals. So thank you, Anthony. It's great to hear from a guy because obviously this was part of the discussion last week on new research findings from No Meat May that found 
that two thirds of UK men would rather go to jail or shorten their lives than actually go vegan. So it's so good to hear from uh, one of the guys to sort of head up your corner. And um, yeah, really, really great that you find the the podcast good to listen to and encouraging. And, um, you know, obviously not all men are thinking the same about this. I have to say, I absolutely loved receiving this email. And coincidentally, since we did that episode on the podcast, I've had two really interesting encounters with older male uh, vegans. So um, I actually met a guy who uh, is in his 50s and he became vegan in his teens. So back then for him, there was no kind of support, no kind of any way you could go and get nutritional information or, or research on Google. Um, and obviously, super limited options eating out even in supermarkets. Um, and he just says, you know, it's like Christmas every single year when something canoe launches for veganuary and then month on month um, the options just broaden. So it was so interesting to see his dedication from, you know, really early on veganism in his life where there was hardly any support to um, thriving in it now. And then I also met a guy my age, so in his 30s, whose dad had recently gone plant-based um, for health reasons that it's been recommended by his doctor um, and felt such a phenomenal change, both kind of physically and mentally, that now is, he's just super passionate about a plant-based lifestyle and it's kind of infiltrated other parts of his his lifestyle, I suppose, not just what he eats and drinks, but how he um, views everything he consumes. So really inspiring. Oh, that's brilliant. And it's great to hear that doctors are recommending plant-based eating. I think, you know, mm. once once you do try it, there's there's not really any going back is there for, for most people. I think you notice, and even if it takes a little while, you know, for me, it did um, sort of mess around with my digestion a little bit. My body was kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? All these beans and plants. <laughs> Where's all the, you know, the bread and the things that you were eating before? Um, and in the meat and things like that and dairy um, but after a while yeah I think you um, everything settles down you start to notice those um, those positive changes to how you feel and I think it's ongoing as well like I noticed a couple of immediate effects um, certainly in things like uh, skin skin complaints that I was having and um, that I'm certain was linked to dairy now um, then I sort of leveled out but then when you look at yourself over the years versus so if I look at myself over the last three years versus a three-year period when I was eating meat and dairy that's when you really realize the benefits just how consistently good you feel I suppose yeah it's I mean I just don't get ill I mean I really don't and that yeah. continues to amaze me I just sort of forget about things like colds and coughs and sore throats and you know, I used to get like um, tonsillitis type things every winter. And I just I just haven't had them for, you know, for like four years now. So, yeah, it's crazy. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, it's great that you, um, you know, you're sort of discovering other guys that, that are getting on board. It's brilliant. Um, so another question that came through on email from Amanda was that she had watched Seaspiracy and she now wants to give up fish. How can she replace 
replace this in her diet with some healthy options. I'll start by saying in terms of transitioning, it's often good to try some of the inadverted commas processed. I mean, not all, you know, vegan processed options are like terribly bad for you. You know, they're not necessarily filled with sort of fat or or salt. So, you know, check the labels, but there are some really exciting plant-based seafood options coming through. So have a look in the, you know, the chilled section, the freezer set frozen section, or just have a bit of a Google. There's, you know, you can get vegan prawns now. We also had some product samples kindly sent in by Novish, um, N-O-V-I-S-H, a couple of weeks ago. And their kind of fish bites and fish fingers um, were really delicious. So I'd recommend checking those out as well. Oh, yeah, I forgot about those. They were really good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, really good. I had a lot of those. Um, yeah, I mean, other options. I don't know about you, Gabriella, but I love to make the um, carrot smoked salmon. So I love the So Vegan recipe that they do. They kind of use caper brine and capers and dill. Um, trying to think what else goes in there. You basically slice up a carrot really, really finely um, and boil it and then kind of marinate it in um, what the things I just mentioned, as well as some um, sort of liquid smoke or smoked paprika to give it that sort of smoked salmon flavor. And that is amazing with some either homemade or shop-bought vegan cream cheese. Um, It's absolutely delicious on a bagel. Sounds amazing. I think you're right as well. It's not just necessarily uh, kind of finding those substitutes, but cooking with flavors that you associate with fish. So things like capers, dill, for me, are then reminiscent of that sort of flavor. Um, I haven't made the smoked salmon before, smoked carrot salmon, I should say, but um, we often make a chickpea tuna and we use capers, sun-dried tomatoes, red onion in that with um, hummus and a bit of vegan mayo. So there's definitely ways to make uh, your own kind of substitutes just using those flavors that you usually associate with fish. Um, another one I love is nori sheets as well. That gives a kind of fishy flavor without it being too overpowering. And plus, you know, seaweed, the, the nori that Gabriella just mentioned, um, contains those nutrients that you might be worried about missing when you give up fish, those omega-3 fatty acids. Yeah, I love seaweed. I do have sort of different types that I keep in the cupboard. The Cornish Seaweed Company is good. They do like um, sort of uh, dried flakes and things like that that you can just kind of pull out and sprinkle over like pasta and stuff just to give you that um, extra bit of goodness and that, like you say, that fishy flavour. Um, there's yeah there's so many things you can do just get experimenting I'd say definitely and if you're worried from a nutritional perspective um, kind of the omega-3 fatty acids is is the big one I suppose that you're missing um, from cutting out fish flax seeds is probably the best way that you can get this so we used a lot of ground or milled flax seeds and just add them to what whatever we can so porridge granola smoothies they're so easy to sneak into at least one meal a day and you know you're getting your your tick of those omega-3s but you're also getting kind of protein fiber b1 b6 iron calcium so really great uh, superfood for a vegan diet 
Yeah, I use that a lot. It needs to be ground, doesn't it? Because otherwise your body doesn't absorb it. I think it just kind of goes straight through otherwise. So <laughs> make sure you either buy the ground flaxseed or grind it up yourself with um, the old pestle and mortar. Definitely. And I think um, other products like tofu, walnuts, or just cooking with rapeseed oil are really good for omega-3 as well so um really simple switches you'll become very very accustomed to tofu if you're switching to a vegan diet but um so many health benefits there as well and and lots of ways you can be really innovative with it have you tried making um fish yet is that where you wrap it in the the seaweed yeah and then you kind of batter it don't you and um sort of you know coat it in a batter and fry it I haven't have you no I haven't tried making it um and I haven't actually I don't think I've actually tried eating it before but I have had the other way of doing it which is um banana blossom so you can buy this in cans now it's a bit like the jackfruit kind of craze everyone went mad for it um yeah so it's banana blossom and it it's kind of weird looking it's kind of a little bit stringy I suppose like the fibers you get in fish it's white Mm. so obviously lends itself to looking like um fish and then obviously you yeah you kind of um wrap that in the nori or impart it with with seaweed and deep fry it so I've had that from a nearby fish and chip shop and that was amazing really really good so that's another option to try definitely I've had the banana blossom fish in inverted commas in a restaurant but not try cooking it myself so uh one for one for the list yeah definitely um okay next question is again um on email this week from emily uh, my household is half vegan and half not which makes meal times very difficult how do you manage this oh my goodness this is such a good question and i think i need to someone to answer it for me sometimes because oh it's really hard um I think it's, and it's also not necessarily the the vegan and non-vegan thing is, is it? I think everybody struggles with this because everyone's got different tastes and someone likes mushrooms and someone doesn't. And, you know, someone wants sort of junk food and the other one loves hearty, you know, sort of meat and two veg. And it's really hard to please everyone. Um, I'm guessing you don't really have this problem in your household, do you, Gabriella? I have to say, reading this question, I totally sympathise because uh, it's just my partner and I and one on the way um, in our house at the moment. And we're both vegan. And we've said over and over again, if we didn't choose to go vegan together, we would have really struggled because you're just constantly cooking, you know, two separate meals or two with two separate pans. And it it must just be so much effort. So I really sympathize. And actually I do, um, we do face this dilemma when we go to visit family because uh, at my mum and dad's, whilst my mum is, is vegetarian and almost entirely vegan at times, I'd say uh, my dad isn't and neither, of, neither are my brothers. So we are often cooking separate meals um, for the dietary splits. Have you come up with any solutions? I find meals where you can kind of put everything in lots of little dishes, you know, things like that lend themselves to um, all tucking in and loading up your plates with different options. So things like tacos, Mexican food, you can kind of have the sweet corn and the salsa um, and, you know, avocado and all the different things. And I suppose you could do 
I mean, I don't, we don't tend to have meat in the house really, unless my husband occasionally sneaks it in. Um, Mm. So it's more with us, it's more sort of vegetarian and vegan. So um, it might be that we have some vegan cheese to go on top of the tacos and then we'd have the dairy cheese for my son, you know, and they're picky at that age as well. They're, you know, they're still developing what they like, aren't they? Um, jacket mm. potatoes are another good one. So I might have like a sweet potato jacket, sweet potato, because I just find they're, you know, they've sort of got more goodness in them. Um, but everyone else might have a normal jacket potato. And then you can load that with, you know, maybe chickpea tuna for the vegans and um, real tuna, if you like, or, you know, a different topping, perhaps chicken mayo or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think those meals where it's kind of a help yourself, one of my go-tos is tacos or wraps, not just because everybody can kind of build their own and choose what they want. But I also find it's a really good way to get non-vegans to try the kind of vegan alternatives. So we've made uh, pulled mushroom tacos before and then done it with a, a meat version for my brothers and my dad. And then when they've tried the mushrooms and realized how much flavor and just how meaty they are, I suppose, it's kind of converted them to be like, oh, actually, next time I don't need to have the meat. So it's a really nice way to get people to try it without committing to a whole meal where you're not sure if they'll like it or not. That's a great idea. Pulled mushrooms. Lovely. Yeah, it's a crowd pleaser for non-vegans, I think. Yeah, I'm a massive mushroom fan. Um, and again, it's using those things that can taste meaty or or get that sort of meaty textures in, isn't it? I mean, mushrooms are a bit of a controversial one because a lot of people, especially children, don't tend to like them. They say they're slimy and stuff. But if I'm doing like um, a bolognese, I'll blend up the mushrooms so you don't you get a different texture then and, and add walnuts for a little bit of crunch um, to make a mince. So that's quite a good tip. On uh, Friday, my partner made um, like shish kebabs, but with mushrooms. And he marinated uh, big chunks of shiitake mushrooms in the fridge for a couple of hours and then baked them. And it got rid of that sliminess and they were actually a real meaty texture. Almost, I'd say, the same sort of texture as chicken. Definitely no sliminess. So experiment with ways of of actually cooking them because... um, I know mushrooms texture-wise can put some people off. It's when you've got children, isn't it? And they're like, I don't like mushrooms. And you're like, yeah, but these are different. These are different. They're a different variety and I've baked them. No, I don't like mushrooms. <laughs> I can imagine. And I think as well, my other tip would be there's so many meals where you don't even think of it as a vegan meal. So so make the most of those, like a really delicious five-bean spicy chili or just a great simple kind of pasta with fresh tomatoes and basil um you know those you wouldn't add meat or fish or dairy to them anyway so get those on the menu yeah I find lentils are really good as well because they're hearty and filling so um for you know people who feel like they need that meat to kind of fill up on um things like shepherd's pie um spaghetti bolognese um ragu things like that can be and, and curries are really good with lentils instead of the meat and katsu curry I do as well with breaded tofu so that's that's nice or you could get the um you know breaded uh vegan chicken and you know 
I, I don't think anyone would notice the difference, to be honest. No, and I also make katsu, um, which I've made for my family and everybody, even the non-meaters loved it, with aubergine. So again, I know aubergine can put people off because it's quite slimy, but if you thinly slice it, coat it in the panko breadcrumbs and bake it, it actually goes quite crispy rather than slimy. So there's loads of ways to get different veg in and, and be imaginative. That sounds really good. I use um, a recipe, Fern Cotton recipe from her Happy Cookbook for my katsu sauce, which is quite good. Oh, you, yeah. kind of, you kind of fry up the, you know, the onions and um, carrots and things like that and the, the spices. And then you kind of use a hand blender to um, blend it up. Some great tips, great tips to sneak loads of veg in and definitely curries. I find the, you know, if you strip it back, what you enjoy about a curry the last thing is the meat it's all those amazing spices and spinach and potatoes and chickpeas um so it's a really easy one to do without any meat or dairy at all lots of delicious coconut cream and things like that so I am getting really hungry now me too well thank you so much again for your questions and keep them coming you can email me holly.johnson at anthem.co.uk and of course go to the veganfoodandliving.com website for loads and loads of recipes and more tips and articles so don't go anywhere i'll be speaking to louise and vanessa from the vegan larder blog shortly Um, they share loads of tips as well so um you know lots more ideas for plant-based cooking and getting those vegetables into your diet Louise and Vanessa are joining me today from the Vegan Larder blog. Um, Hi, guys. It's really nice to have you here on the podcast today. Hello. Thanks for having us. So how did you both meet and how did you come to set up the Vegan Larder? We met at, um, we have a lot of a general friendship group that's quite in common. And we met at a party and we bonded over vegan sushi. Um, As in, there wasn't any. Um, So... Um, yeah, it was one of the, where they simply started chatting and then um, I think we went to another party and it was, it was another situation like a barbecue or something and, and again, I think I think I'd brought food or something at that point and then um, we were chatting about blogging and how we both wanted to set up a, you know, some sort of vegan business and then we decided to create some like a, a blog together and at that point we thought we were going to run these um, vegan boxes but after about a year of that, we decided that was way too much hard work and not really where we wanted to send our, our, our lives. So, yeah, so we, we decided to refocus on just blogging instead. Yeah. And I suppose what was what was quite good is when we met, we also, and this is sort of carried on, we realised we had quite different skill sets. So um, Louise was already running this blog and, you know, was inspired by her garden. We both had this, this joint love of, um food and vegan food and we both understood the challenges people had with that food as well um and I was sort of doing a lot of I've doing some work in like vegan events and and things like that so um I had sort of a lot of relationships that we've already had the blog but we both love food and it just it just sort of made sense to um to come together really on that and it was also when when veganism was 
I mean, I know some people have been vegan 20 years and it was definitely harder 20 years ago, but um, certainly when we, we met um, three, three, four years ago, maybe, um, you know, it was it was harder. There was less um, vegan food at parties. And so it was sort of you would get that bond a lot more because you'd both be searching for you know, the vegan sushi or something like that. Um, so um, that's that's how we met. So are you doing this as a full time job now or is it still a side hustle? So at the moment, um, it's a it's a side hustle. Uh, but what we want to do is, is you know, and this is the case when you're doing that, that difficult transition is when it gets too much. And, you know, we are really, really busy all the time um, from from managing it like this. You know, we will sort of have to find that 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 way of, of, of transitioning it so that we're not literally busy all the time and have some space for personal life as well, because running two things at the same time it is uh it is tough but you, you need to get to that critical point where you can make that transition so it's, it's really exciting time for us really um working with more brands we've grown our blog up you know really 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 um hugely our social following is growing as well and we just sort of uh need to manage that transition point as well yeah it's so hard isn't it I've I've tried running blogs before and you know it's yeah juggling <laughs> work life and and uh you know potentially kids and things like that it's hard to fit it all in but you're doing an amazing job I mean it's you know it's a great website there's so many recipes on there um what led you both to veganism in the first place so I w- I w- became vegetarian when I was about 16 that's a long time ago that was pretty radical back in the 90s in which um, in Australia, um, I was definitely the only person I knew who was vegetarian, um, caused a few eyebrows raised and it sort of, I've sort of put it along with that for a very long time. And then I guess as it became more known globally and more stuff started coming out about like dairy farms and eggs, I just couldn't keep eating that way. So I made the transition probably about four years ago. I mean, I've got quite, um, it's quite a different story in the sense that it was um it's probably it was only probably a couple of years before I met Luke, actually about seven years ago um I sort of I was a full meat eater everything eater still very into health but um my biggest fear honestly with engaging with vegetarianism or veganism was I'm not going to be full um and it's going to be awful and please leave me alone um and, and I went to India and I didn't eat meat because I, I didn't want to get ill that was the only reason and literally I realized I could be full of lentils and that that was my turning point and I sort of thought oh I'm going to look into this when I get back and I didn't really under, even understand what ve- I knew what a vegan was but I didn't get why anyone would be vegan I was like well I get vegetarianism and um I still can't remember what I put into Google but you know, it, it just led me immediately on this journey. Within three months, I had transitioned fully um, to veganism. And, you know, it, it's been helpful for me in the sense of my journey that I understand that a lot of people are scared of, well, am I going to be full? You know, the, the typical, am I going to get enough protein? Um, and so I think it, it's really helped with the way, um, you know, we and I can interact with people and say, you know, look, here are some amazing dishes. And don't worry, you're not going to be missing out. You will be really full. You are going to have a balanced meal and it's going to be amazing, if not better than the food you were having before. So um, I think that side of it is really important. People can find out the information. I don't know whether it's what's happening to the animals, your health or the environment. But if they don't know what to eat, 
they're not going to want to engage and so it, it sort of made me want to do some of that bit when I became vegan and say well let's talk about the food bit then uh which is the most fun as well and it means um the reason I get to eat loads of nice food so it's win-win really <laughs> definitely it sounds like a great job to me um yeah I think the food as I was um saying I was talking to uh Ryan Alexander in last week's podcast episode um and he's the founder of no meat may and it's definitely you know for them it's all about having fun with cooking and um just yeah making vegan food exciting um it's interesting what you say about your concerns when you first were going to go vegan about not being full mine were always um you know I didn't want to label myself because that means forever you know if I say right I'm vegetarian right I'm vegan to me in my head it was kind of like well, that's it then. I can't go back. I can't keep telling people I've, I'm not a vegan anymore. It's su- it was such a huge commitment to me that I never even considered it. But then when I, like you say, when you learn about it, you're like, ah, okay, this makes sense. And I, I don't care whether anyone wants to call me vegan or not. This is what I'm going to do because this is what sits right with my conscience and you know, and I just love the food. So you clearly both love cooking. I mean, um, are you kind of, you know, trained cooks or home cooks? How do you develop your recipes? So no, neither of us are trained, um, but we just love cooking. Um, I've done a few courses. Vanessa has too. I'm fairly certain we've discussed that. We've been on one together. But in terms of actually, you know, just learning how to cook, all of our our stuff is self-taught. and I think that's also really important with the blog. It's just because if we can do it and we can make it up on our own, then everyone else can do it. And we're not using really complicated ingredients. We don't use really fancy um, out there stuff that's hard to find. It's always quite accessible. And we do a lot of cooking that is either batch cooking or whole foods or um, things that you, you would be able to find in your general supermarket. I mean, there's a lot about uh, more available than there was, you know, a few years ago, but it was definitely... Yeah, it's definitely about accessibility and whether or not you can do it or not. Yeah. The fact that we're not professionally trained, I I think, is really important because we live and breathe this life as very, very busy people. And and this is sort of... um, I suppose one of the ways that we can inspire people and help people, you know, we do have um, a a really great Facebook group called How to Go Plant-Based where people are interacting with us on a daily basis and we're sharing what we do. They can ask questions and and anyone listening is is very free to join um, that group, How to Go Plant-Based as well. Um, But the fact that we live and breathe this as busy people, batch cooking, not using difficult techniques, rushing around like everyone else going, oh, better marinate this tofu quickly in the morning. So I've got something for dinner. You know, it has to be easy. We can't be using these these difficult techniques. And and I think that's what's really important is, is making sure, you know, there are some really basic skills um, in cooking. And we're not taught these um, really in school. Some people in their families, if you're lucky enough to be in a family where there is a lot of home cooking, great, you'll pick those up. But sometimes, we, you know, people get to the age of 30 and they haven't learned these and they sometimes feel bad about it. And they say, well, I'm not a good cook. I'm not this. And, and actually, just like anything else it's a skill that you've got to learn. And that's where, you know, having, you know, the blog, Facebook groups, places you can interact, places you can ask questions is, is really, really important. And um, I, I was running cookery lessons this year, um, things like, you know, tofu masterclass, teaching people how to use seitan. And, you know, at, at the end of it, people are like, oh, okay, <laughs> that, that, that's how you do it. Great. And it's, 
it, it, sometimes there's a lot of mystery around it and you produce this lovely food and people say well I could never do that and and actually it's like oh, this is completely accessible to everyone follow this recipe or engage with us in a cooking class or whatever it is um and and you can make re- this really delicious food with a very simple whatever it is spice mix set of beans you get down the supermarket so it's it's sometimes just removing that mystery um I think that that means any anyone can be a great cook definitely yeah um what tips would you offer to newbies then anyone trying no meat may or new to veganism um join all the facebook groups that you can um <laughs> so interestingly you mentioned no meat may actually that's why a friend runs that um my friend ryan who i know from australia fantastic so yeah he's, he's one of my oldest friends actually um <laughs> He's so, he's so lovely. Anyway, so he, um, so yeah, join all the Facebook groups, I would say, but also don't fret about it. Like just go and ask questions and don't, you know, put labels on yourself and be all scared. Um, but also investigate the foods that are going to make you happy. So re-veganize your favorite dishes. So whether it's like lentil bolognese or spaghetti bolognese, you make it lentil with lentils or, you know, find the best plant-based sausages. Don't be scared to try stuff. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think it's... Um... You know, you don't have to do anything on your own and um, you don't have to label yourself. And this is sort of one of the the, the main tips that we, we give. And, and we, we appeal to a flexitarian audience. Um, you know, this, this is not an exclusive diet. And if you do want to do no meat may and you just want to be 80 percent vegan or you don't want to go vegan, so I'm just going to stop the meats and reduce the other stuff it doesn't matter I think it's look at the the good stuff you're doing and and give yourself a pat on the back for actually I made some really brilliant vegan meals this week not oh you know I I slipped up and made a mistake it's it's you know it's that sort of stuff that that you know guilt is completely useless um in in this game It's, it's just all about having fun food is is there to be enjoyed um cooking should be enjoyed getting creative um, and I think that's why we love what we do is that we, we don't spend time feeling guilty. We just say, um, let's eat lovely food and, and, and let's, all, let's all chat about it together um, and have fun with it, whether you're flexitarian, just want to cut down on meat, um, whatever it is. And, and we actually we produced a, a guide which you can get on our on our website, um, which is completely free, which is just our sort of 10 top tips as like a document just to say that this this is the easiest way of getting into it um and by no means do you have to say well I'm going to be fully vegan or put that pressure on yourself um just keep keep the fun and the joy um in it I think is the biggest thing yeah I think gone are the days where you know it was kind of um there was that kind of judgment if you're not doing veganism 100% perfectly and you do have you know the occasional slip up something with milk powder in it for example or egg white or whatever you know I think hopefully most vegans have realized that that's not the way to go and we need to support everyone and um, yeah celebrate the small wins no matter how small. Um, So what are a few of your favorite recipes then and what's most popular on the blog? So by far our best um, and most viewed pop uh, recipe on the blog is our jerk chicken, which is actually jerk jackfruit um, that outstrips every single one. The other second most um, popular is the, um, we've got a lovely recipe for scones with um, vegan clotted cream. And then the other recipes tend to be really seasonal. So right now um, our best uh, one of our best recipes is um, my rhubarb cake, which is really light and delicious. And then also um, wild garlic pesto, 
is a big favourite right now. So anything that's like fresh and seasonal, like any any sort of um, vegetables that uh, happen to be in my garden usually. That sounds lovely. Wild garlic pesto. I'll have to check that one out. And I, I actually created that that jerk jackfruit because jerk chicken um, was one of my favourite things. Um, you know, I've got, I've got Caribbean heritage. I lived in Brixton. Uh, I now live in East London. You know, there's, there's this sort of heavy Caribbean population and you know spices is just is just so so big for us and flavor and you know it actually sort of turns out with a lot of these dishes when people say well how can I have that vegan it's often you know most of the dish is actually already vegan you know jerk chicken okay the chicken's not vegan but the spice that you love um and the, the succulence of the chicken you can recreate that with jackfruit and you know, jackfruit's really really magical in that way and if you get that jerk spice right you know you can make jerk cauliflower with it jerk tofu you do the rice and peas the plantain the dumplings you know you, you've got all these things and then you sort of go actually most of that meal was vegan already I know how to do the spices and I, and I think that's why people like it they want things that are are familiar right um and that, that they love the tastes as well as exploring other things and I think that's what we love doing you know veganizing things for you know nostalgia and with beautiful flavors um is very very satisfying and it, and it means that you know actually it doesn't veganism if you want to go fully vegan it doesn't have to be that that ridiculously big change it, it might seem in your head um to begin with you know those favorite foods um, I, I challenge anyone to just, just give us something that they loved as a non-vegan and say, you know, we'll veganize it or we'll point you in the direction of either our recipe or someone else's recipe um, where you can have that and it will taste absolutely amazing. Yeah, because motto, whatever, anything you can make, I can make vegan. <laughs> it's so true. And especially now, I mean, even if you aren't aware of the little tricks such as, like you say, jackfruit, which could replace like pulled pork or chicken. Um, you can just literally go to the supermarket and buy a chicken replacement. You know, okay, it might be yes. processed, but we're so lucky to be living in this age that we can really mm. easily um, just, you know, cut out the meat, can't we? Yeah, quite a lot of the processed stuff isn't that bad. Or well, some of it's quite processed and some of it's just you know it's fairly minimal and once you learn how to make your own you just add it as an extra bit of the meal a lot of people will be eating processed stuff anyway you know it's not actually you know people get really upset about things being processed but quite a lot of the time a lot of people are eating a lot of crap a lot of crap yeah. um yeah yeah, I mean, we're all time poor, aren't we? So, you know, none of us are perfect. I mean, what are your um, what are your feelings about sort of um, vegan replacement, you know, like um, vegan cheese and things like that? Yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting question because it, it comes up a lot. And I, I think there's there's lots of factors to this. And I think you know, sometimes vegans or the vegan community get a bit of a hard time because it's like, oh, there's a processed product. And you, you kind of want to say to people, well, are you eating whole foods all day, every day anyway? Um, and these products are so, so important for, you know, they're great for transition. We are time poor. Um, of course, you know, make as much as you can yourself. Um, it's also it's also cheaper. But, you know, these products are, are really, really important to help people, you know, move away from, from meat. I think it's also just we need to be more conscious about what we eat full stop, whether you're vegan or not. Look at the back of the packet. 
just be mindful. So it's not saying don't eat it, but if you realize something's very processed and it's got, you know, very high amounts of certain fats or something like that, just, just be aware and say, okay, fine. Like I, I won't have this every day. Um, and I, I think the other thing for me is not, I think there's so much focus on, on that bit of your meal. So you have a processed burger. Um, my question is, what are you eating with it? You know, if you've got a big pearl of veg with it, if you've got great starches with it, you know, what is the other stuff you're having with it? And I think everyone's, you know, sometimes there's a bit of penalisation for, oh, you ate a processed thing. When I'm thinking, actually, great, you, you know, you upped your veg with that. That's brilliant for your health, your gut health. Um, who cares that you had a processed burger, which tasted great with it? Um and and some processed cheese, you know, it's 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 going to be different for everyone. But I think it 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 really gets um, more criticised than it than it should for where everyone is on their journey. And there's some mm. beautiful, there's some incredible stuff out there as well that that's fun that's fun to taste. Yeah, you can use it. Like, you should use it like a, a like a seasoning. So it's an extra and it's an add on. It's delicious and it'll it'll help you eat all the other delicious things that you should be putting on your plate as well, like all those delicious and colourful vegetables that you know we all should be eating more of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally agree. I mean, if you do go for dairy replacement, say you were going to make mac and cheese or a pizza, what would you use to replace the cheese? So my uh, favourite cheese replacements tends to be um, a homemade cashew cheese um, just for a creamy replacement for uh, like a cheesy pasta or something. If if it's for a quick and easy cheese toasty um, I'm not afraid to use my favourite follow your heart slices or sort of the applewood stuff. That's pretty good. Um, you know, just a little bit of extra cheesiness on top of something can make whole meal so much more exciting and delicious. Um, and then if I want to treat myself, I'm a massive fan of some of the more artisanal um, cheeses and that I would make them into a cheese board. So um, places like um, I'm Not Okay and Kind of Co., um, some of those really sort of beautifully fermented and they've got hot, they're made from whole foods and nuts and things like that. And they're like fermented and delicious rather than, you know, just processed coconut oil. I think there's a place for all of them, you know, just as this for, you know, Dairy Lee's triangles, you know, and, and, um, and something from a fancy French cheese shop. And, and I think it's the same as what we said before that, you know, it's also just, just being mindful of, of ingredients, you know, make sure you know, what you're eating so you can say okay I'll have this in moderation um and it's great to just put a bit on my burger to melt but I'm not going to sit there eating the whole block (laughs) you know it's it's just kind of being sensible and everyone needs to get a bit a bit more used to just being conscious about food um without it being too scary you know don't you have to put restrictions on yourself um but yeah I think there is a place for for all of this stuff and it's it's amazing um what's happened in the market we um we we taste tested quite a few artisan vegan cheeses in the run up to Christmas, and um, yeah, it was it was amazing actually. This tough job it is, yeah. <laughs> I feel very grateful to do this job. They were amazing. Um, we te- taste tested some from um, Palace Culture, which is based in London. Oh, yeah, we like them. Yeah, really nice. Stuff. Yeah, there was like a carrot locks one, which was like cream cheese with kind of bits of carrot. Yes. Tastes like smoked salmon. So, yeah, that was really good. Um, okay, so finally, I mean, what plans do you have for the future? Uh, more of the same at the moment. Um, we're looking to uh, maybe just up our game a little bit, have a few more recipes each week, um, do more video, 
do more um, just more social and online work with more brands do you create create them from home then how does it work yeah yeah Louise is a really great food photographer so um, I think we decided very early on we weren't going to bother teaching me any kind of food photography because it was just I was just a lost cause um, <laughs> and yeah Louise has sort of <laughs> continued I didn't tell you that <laughs> Um, Louise has sort of continued to, to develop and she's a brilliant food photographer and it's um it's been really really appealing to brands it means we can create really beautiful recipes for them yeah we're both passionate about food um so yeah sort of more of the same um you know our, our blog is sort of getting more and more visitors all the time um you know we, we're, we're getting a bigger social following and we're you know having things like a Facebook group um means people can interact with us a bit more directly um and we also have started doing um a course called how to go plant-based as well where people can kind of really learn the details of how to have you know, the most delicious um plant-based diets uh, without those hours in the kitchen and just learn the structure of it so it's very easy um as well as doing cookery lessons with them so um more more of all of that um really so do do watch this space that's a brilliant idea, the cookery courses and the kind of workshops, because that's what got me into veganism. Um, a local uh, lady was running them and it just taught me the basics, you know, these weird things like making pesto vegan, you know, using um, nuts and you know, nutritional yeast. Um, if you don't know what that is, you haven't heard of it just give it a Google. Um, it's great for kind of adding a cheesy flavor to things. Uh, yeah, just all those sort of basics. It's just a different way of cooking, isn't it? And once you know these different methods, then away you go. You're you're kind of flying then, aren't you? Yeah, it's a bit like learning any other cuisine. I mean, I, I recently bought a, a book on, on, on Chinese cuisine, not vegan, to learn all of the techniques. And suddenly, once you know those techniques, they're really easy. It's just like you pick up the, the language of that cuisine and then once you've got the vegan language, you can then apply it across across the board to other things. It's quite exciting. Yeah, it is really exciting. And I hope um, I hope all our listeners will have been inspired by all your amazing um, tips today. Thank you. So, yeah, go and check out the Vegan Larder blog and um, perhaps uh, join the Facebook group as well. I joined last week or the week before and I found it really helpful. So, um yeah, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank you. It's been great to talk to you. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join us next week. We'll be chatting to Lisa Gawthorne, who is an extremely inspirational vegan athlete. Um, she'll be talking about health, nutrition, and all the amazing foods that she fills her diet with to support all her training. So we'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.